No one more nigger than one will start. Miketz and Hanukkah go together. In fact, Shabbos Hanukkah is almost always <coughs> Parshas Miketz. Once in a while it's Vayeshev and Miketz. Happens to be, I was, bar, my bar mitzvah was on Shabbos Hanukkah, which was the exception. And it was one Shabbos Hanukkah, only Vayeshev, which is a very rare, yeah. rare occasion. But I've had it, uh, some Talmidim, like 
like many, many years later, who had the same thing, but that's like very rare to have one Shabbos Hanukkah and only be Vayeshev. But traditionally, Miketz is Shabbos Hanukkah, and as we had this year, the most years, and there's always different Ramazim that are found in Miketz to Hanukkah. So I came across one Remez that Miketz to Hanukkah. I'll share with you, and I think it's a, the message of this remez, at least the way the Chasim Sofer articulates it, is something very significant to us as a group here today. So, in Parshas Miketz, we know the dreams of the, the Paros and then the Shibolim, the Sheaves. So in the dream of the Sheaves, it says, Vayishan Vayachalom Shenis Vinei Sheva Shibolim Olos it says there were seven shibolim, seven stalks of wheat. In other words, it was one, one corner, and there were different uh, shibolim on that, on that corner, on that, on that uh, stalk. So this phrase, and then later on, it also speaks about the uh, corner echad. If you look here on page two, Vareba Halomi Vine Sheva Shibolim Olos Bikone Echod Maleos Vitovus. So we have the Kone Echod in Pasakei. In other words, in one one stalk there was the different Shibolim, which were very sturdy. And those and it had seven sheaves on the on the Kone. And this represents the the good years. The years of prosperity. And then the Pasik speaks about the Shevashi Bolim that were Dakos Kadim that were very Shvach uh, and were very those represented the seven years of, of famine. So the Balhaturim very often quotes the Masora which discusses where else in Chumash where else in Tanakh do you have this phrase bekone echad one stick one st- stalk so where do we have it so he points out on page, on page 3 by the menorah by the menorah it says shlosha givim mishukodim bekone echad kaftor vaferach that there was um you know the menorah had the seven branches to it, and each and each branch had a uh, like a flower and a cup in each on each branch, and bekona echad on each each branch of the seven branches it was a a kaftor like a cup and a perach and a and a flower that was the design that was on the on the menorah. But again, this phrase bekona echad. One stalk, one stem. So the Balaturim on page four points out the Kona Echod Gibel Memesaurus. There are three times that he finds in Chumash or Tanakh this phrase, Trey Hacha, two here in Parshish Miketz. Uba Pasuk Chavbeis, the Edach, and the other third one is Gabe Menorah, 
is that pasuk by the menorah that the branches in other words you have the stalk about in the dream that was the stalk of wheat and then the stalk like the, of the of the menorah so it's very strange what's the comparison between the the wheat the stalk of the wheat and the branches of the of the menorah so he says lefisha sova hu or laolam that whenever there's plenty there's bounty the that's like it lights up the world because everyone's happy you know you have a lot of uh, prosperity so when it says in the good stalks the good years it says but, but the bad years when it says the stalks were not good those are the seven years of famine what's the idea in other words the phrase kone echad only is by the good years, by the shibolim that were good. Because the good years, they were all equally great. But by the bad years, Bala Rose, it doesn't say bekone echad, because they weren't equally bad. Each year was progressively worse than the, next, than the year before. And that's how he explains this, uh, this idea. However, the Chasam Sofer. says a different chat, which is the something that's relevant to, uh, to us here, on page 8. These are the drushes of the Chasim Sofer. From Tafkuf Tzadi Gimel. It's a long time ago. Tafkuf Tzadi Gimel. You'll do the math how many years ago that was. Who's the mathematician here? Tafkuf Tzadi Gimel. You'll tell me later. Okay. So he says like this. Vinei sheva shibolim olos b'kona echad brios v'tovos beiz b'mesorah hacha v'idach b'kona echad kafka v'ferech. He says like this. Kil inyan ha'olam hazeh. When it comes to this world, when it comes to monetary wealth in this world, so when people have what they need, so, supposedly everyone will be happy. Hasam guvulach shalom chelev chiten yasbiyech. There's shalom, there's peace, there's tranquility, because everyone has what they need. She'ein sova, but when this world doesn't have, you know, there's famine, so everyone has to get whatever little produce there is, so then there could be this, har- you know, a lack of harmony, because everyone's trying to get the little a bounty that exists. So that's why he says the phrase Bekone Echad when it comes to the Shibolim, Kone Echad, one stalk represents that oneness, that unity. That's only in the good years. The good years, there's unity because everyone's happy. The bad years, there's arguments who, who should get this, this food, who should get that food, doesn't say Bekone Echad. However, keep, go down a little further, the first word in line is low. Now we know that the menorah, the, the, the Nitziv, you can look later, the Nitziv points out that there are two kalim in the, in the, menorah, in the, in the Mikdash, in the Mishkan, <coughs> that represent the Torah. One was the Aron, and one was the menorah. The Aron represents, says the Chasim Sofa, and then says the Nitziv, Torah Shebechsav, right, the Chumash, and anything 
that we got from direct <coughs> from Ribbon Shalom from Torah Shabal Peh, direct from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That uh, the tefillin have to be black, and that, uh, you know, no discussion. That, that we pour, pour water on the Mizbeach, on Sukkot, no discussion. However, the menorah represents the or of the menorah, the Kaftor Vaferech, as we'll see, represents, says the Nitziv, the discussion. Because Torah Shabbat is not only what we got to Rebona Shalom, black and white, do this, do that, you know, we had black tefillin, pour water on the Mizbeach, on Sukkot, but the menorah represents the or that everyone sees the light in something. When we're learning together, and there's discussion, and there's arguments of how you're supposed to understand the pshat, what's the din of Bishal Achar Bishal, what's the din of Bishal Achar Tzli, and there are different opinions, and we discuss, and we have arguments. That's what? That's what the menorah. The menorah is the pil- what we call the pilpulushal Torah. Is the, everyone is... is, is is thinking everyone's part of the you know the, the discussion either in Shia or with Yechavrusa everyone's part of that enterprise and through that comes clarity through that comes light from the from the discussion that's why you'll see a medrash says that a certain um, a Tan or Amora said something a good Svara and they said oh Kafta Vaferach because Kafta here on page 11 B'Shosha Ya'omer Dover Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Nina, Strava, Amram Shema Abba, Naharai, Peshosha Yaodam Omer Dover, Musukan, Lufnev, Rabbi Tarfan. When somebody would say a good, a good shot in front of Rav Tarfan, Haya Omer Kaftor Vaferach. That's the, the phrase of the menorah. Because the menorah was the flowers and the cups. That's a way of saying, oh, beautiful Svara, beautiful insight. That's because Kaftor Vaferach represents our own insights. So says the Chasim Sofer that. When it comes to Torah, discussion in Torah, discussion in Torah, arguments in Torah, so that brings achdus. See, in other areas, when there's arguments, that brings, you don't have kona echad. When it's the years of the, the, the Rav, that doesn't say kona echad. only says the years of Sova. But in Bible, the Menorah, which is represented the, the Pilpulishal Torah, the arguments in Torah, the discussion in Torah. So that's what? That says, Bekona Echad, even when it's referring to the menorah, that's referring to the discussion and the arguments, etc. Because when you have a, a discussion in Torah, even though you're both taking different sides of the, of the discussion, that brings people together. And that's what he writes. The, the famous Gemara, Vahi Besufa, Nasim Ovim, uh, but with one with one condition and this is the famous Mishnah in, in Pirkei Avos the famous Mishnah in Pirkei Avos on page 13 and this uh, I, the late Rosh Hashiv of Karen Biavne, Rav Chaim Yaakov Golvich Zatzal he always used to give Pirkei Ovas the whole year on Shabbos, even though it wasn't in the Pirkei Ovas uh, season. And uh, and this is and he had certain things that he always said over, you know. So one thing he always liked to say over is this Mishnah: Shnaim sheyoshvim ve'ein beinayim divrei Torah harizem moshev leitzim. He says two people that are sitting and they're not discussing Torah, that's considered a 
frivolous <coughs> enterprise, a frivolous encounter. It's Moshe of Leitzin. So the Rosh Hashiva always asked, this is the way he said it over, he said it in Hebrew, I'll say it in English. He said, what does Moshe of Leitzin mean? He says, to me, Moshe of Leitzin means when you have a bunch of people sitting around the table with bottles, cans of beer, and they're drinking beer, and they're getting uh, tipsy, and they're putting their feet on the table, that's a Moshe of Leitzin. But just because two people are sitting and not learning Torah, why is that a Moshe of Leitzim? So he always would quote Rav Chaim Veloshna, Ratzoloma Beinayim in Divrei Torah of Lovim Kel Echad B'Fnei Atzmo Vula Oski Kol Echad Mislotzeitz Al Torahs Chaveru. He says no, it doesn't mean that they're not learning. Everyone's learning, but there's no conversation. No one wants to hear what his Chavrusa has to say. So that's Leitzim because Rav Hutner writes, what's a Leitz? Leitz means you take something of importance and you machoizek. You say, oh, it's not important. So your, your chavrusa has something to say and you don't want to listen. You just want to hear what you have to say. So that's the point. Ein beinayim, divrei Torah. That's a Moshe of Leitzin. So the godless of Torah Shebaalpeh, of the menorah, of the kaftor v'ferech, is we come together, we discuss Torah, and each one is respectful from the other person to, under- to hear what he has to say. He might disagree, but that brings everyone together. You know, we were just talking at the table, uh, Rabbi Wine was saying, you know, some people today, education, it's all online. It's <coughs> all online. But online, you can hear all our shiurim online. But what makes it, brings us together, is that we come every morning, we have our chavrusa, we speak to each other, we have, we, in shir, we don't have just a lecture in shir, we, we try to, to talk to each other, to, to, and that, that kaftor v'ferech, brings the kona echad, brings us all together. And that you don't get on the computer, that you don't get, uh, and that's, that's the beauty of, of the learning. The beauty of the learning is, it's kaftor v'ferech, but it's kona echad. Even after all the discussion and all the different opinions of what's bishol achar bishol, and bishol achar tzli, and tzli achar bishol, and, uh, and, 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 and machal ben drusai, and all these different things, and everyone joins together with their chavrusa, with the shia, and everything, that brings us together. And that's really, you know, Baruch Hashem, we're going to do a lot of learning this year. I mean, Shapiro just asked me, are all these boxes packets? I said, yes, yes all these boxes are uh, packets. And, but that brings us together. That brings us together. You know, uh, that we're learning together, and, you know, we have discussions, and we learn, and we think together. And, and, and that's the, the relationship that Bez Hashem we should create amongst ourselves, Rabbi Talmud, 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 that's what we're here for. Of course we're going to learn plenty also in, in the course, but that's, that's the beauty. It's the caring for each other, understanding each other, being together for each other, and that's, that's what should last Bez Hashem for many, many years to come. That's, that's what it's all about. It's the kaftor v'aferech b'kone echad to be together, and that's what I hope we accomplish. Besides all the ideas, Bez Hashem, we're going to have in Hilcha Shabbos, and, uh, and seeing everything inside, and doing Chazara, and, uh, and being, you know, because how often in your life are you going to have so much time to spend on Hilcha Shabbos, like Bez Hashem we're spending this year, so let's be cone everything, but more important is, Asel Charav Kneil Chachover. It's the Rebbe Talmud relationship, and it's the Talmud Talmud Chaver relationship that Bez Hashem we try to foster through the learning, and that's Bekona Echad Kaftov Aferach, and that should bring us all all together. Okay, we have.
Now, every year, my minigan, this, uh, the Hanukkah Masiba, is to invite someone from, to, as a guest speaker here. And I very often try to seek out what I call the hidden treasures of the yeshiva. It was someone who you didn't necessarily know, know or hear from. And one of the hidden treasures of our yeshiva is Rabbi Moshe Shapiro. Rabbi Moshe Shapiro is a longtime friend of mine. We started off uh, in the summers. I was his counselor in Morish Akolo many, many moons ago. And when he was in high school, I was a little older, whatever. And, uh, and Baruch Hashem, we kept the relationship throughout throughout the years and uh, I, I was Zohar to know his, his, both his parents and his father was a fixture in the library here until we, uh, Rabbi Shapiro just observed the yard site of, of his father was a very special individual who came every day different kufas sometimes every day sometimes once a week he came to the library and you saw that Rabbi Shapiro in his very modest way was so machabed every need of his father and it was a tremendous Musa Haskell. You know, when I would walk in the library every morning, on days that I didn't give shear, I would go straight to the library. The first thing I would do is go over to Dr. Shapiro, his father, and say hello, say good morning, how are you? And then he says, because I said, what's learning worth if you can't go over to Dr. Shapiro and wish him a good day and say hello to him and speak to him? And then, you know, what, 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 what is learning about if you don't, you can't do that? And, uh, and Rabbi Shapiro was the, the Rebbe, many people, of what Kibarava Aim uh, really is, besides being a tremendous uh, Talmud Chacham, but everything in modesty, and he knows the whole library, and when you need, to, you know, you need to write a paper or something, you know, he's a good person to discuss which farm you should look into, and he's there at different hours throughout the week. So he's a, what I call a hidden treasure of uh, Yeshiva University, of the library, but a whole whole yeshiva, and uh, I decided this year to invite him to be our guest speaker. So, without any further ado, so what, what the plan is: we're going to hear Rabbi Shapiro. We'll sing another niggin. You can have a little bit more mashka, and uh, we'll have a little record. We'll clean up. And uh, today we're we're keeping Tuesday schedule today, even though in the college it's Thursday. But I we always follow the Shir Shalom, and we keep the the Tuesday uh, schedule on Tuesdays. The speaker's only. How long are you? 12? There's a famous mission on Pirkei Avos that tells us, Ezel Chacham Halomed Mikol Adam. Who is wise? Someone who learns from every person. And the classical Mephorshim on that mission explained that essentially what the uh, Tana Ben Zoma is saying over there is that a wise person is someone who doesn't just think he's going to learn from great, great people, but he understands that he can even learn something from people who are he, perhaps beneath his intellectual uh, abilities, and he's very humble, and he's able to learn from every human being. This famous Maimar Chazal, it seems to be contradicted though by a less well-known Maimar Chazal at the end of Maseches Tamid. There the Gemara in Maseches Tamid tells a story about Alexander the Great, that he went to visit the Ziknei Hanegev, the uh, elders of the South, of Eretz Israel, to ask them a series of philosophical questions. And one of the questions that he asks them is the same question, Ezehu Chacham, who is wise? And here the Ziknei HaNegev do not answer, Halo made me call Adam. They give a different answer. And their answer is, Ezehu Chacham, 
haroa es hanolad, someone who sees that which will happen in the future. Rashi explains on the Gemara there that haroa es hanolad means you can tell what's what's going to happen down the road, and you have a certain pikhus uh, that you're able to figure out what's going to come up in the future. The question, of course, is what's going on over here? In Ezuchacham, there should be one answer. Either it's Halomi Mikol Adam or it's Roa uh, Esanolad. Is there a contradiction here? Are these, are, do we have to reinterpret perhaps what one of these uh, statements in Chazal mean? Or is it perhaps it's a machlokas? So I, I promised Roy Simon I would quote a Chassam Sofer, but before I get to the Chassam Sofer, um, I just wanted to share a word from the Ben Ishchai in his commentary on the Agadita on Shas, called Sefer Binayahu, which I know Rabbi Simon also appreciates. The Sefer Binayahu writes that Haroa Esanolod does not mean what, who can tell the future. That's not what it means. It means literally Haroa Esanolod, someone who sees a newborn baby. Why? If you've ever seen a baby being born, you will realize it's an astounding experience, but, but there's another aspect that you realize when you see a baby being born, and that is babies do not come out already made. They're covered in blood, they're covered in schmutz and slime, they're helpless, they're vulnerable, they're frankly weak and pathetic. A person who looks at a newborn baby and realizes that we all start out that way cannot help but be humbled and says the Binayahu, it's really the same Maimar Chazal. Ezu Chacham Alobe Mikol Adam means someone is humble enough to learn from other people. That's talking about how a wise person, a humble person, acts. Ezu Chacham Anro Esanolad is how you attain that humility to become wise. That you look at a newborn baby and you realize we all start out with nothing, mamish nothing, and that leads to humility. But essentially, the real definition of Chachma is humility, and the two Mamari Chazal are coming at it from different vantage points. However, the Chassam Sofer suggests perhaps a different uh, understanding. If you look in the Mishnah, Masachas Nedarim, the, the, the Mishnah over there quotes a machlokas in the third paragraph in Nedarim between Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim about someone who takes a ned there not to get any hanoah min hanoladim from people who are noladim. What are noladim? So the Gemara explains that the machlokas remain the Chachamim is as follows. In the Torah itself, in Biblical Hebrew, the word nolad or noladim refers both to the past tense and the future tense. Noladim, people who were born, and noladim, people who are as yet to be born. And the Gemara quotes different psukim in, in Tanakh that bear this out. However, we don't really care about what the Lashon HaTorah is when it comes to Hilchus Nedarim. The sine qua non of Nedarim is not Lashon HaTorah, it's Lashon B'nai Adam, it's colloquial speech. What does a person mean when they say, I'm taking a nether from the noladim? And here, that's the Machlokas or Meir and the Chachamim. Rameir felt that even though in Biblical Hebrew, Noladim refers to both past and future, but in the way that people talk, in Lashon B'nai Adam, it's only the future tense. So when the person takes this nether, Minan Noladim, he's only referring to people who will yet be born. People who are already born at the time of the nether would not be included in the nether. And the Chachamim disagree, and they say that the word Noladim, both in Biblical Hebrew as well as colloquial speech, means past tense and future tense. And in this essence, what the Chachamim are saying is that when a person takes a nedr, that includes everybody, the whole world, any person who could be born, who is born, who can be born, past or future. Chassam Soifer comments on this, this uh, Gemara in Nadarim that we have to, based on this, we have to reinterpret the statement of the Ziknei HaNegev. Ezu Chacham Haroa Estanola does not just mean that he sees the future. Rather, says the Chassam Soifer, it means that you have a deep understanding of the past, haroa es hanolad kivar, and based on that understanding, you can then also be roa es hanolad, that which has not come yet. 
So it's not just Stam, I, I can guess what's going to happen in the future, but I have a deep understanding of history, of the context of how things have happened in the past, and based on that, I can work out an insight into what's going to happen down the road. Comes Rav Shaul Brach, another one of Rabbi Simon's favorites. Rav Shaul Brach, in his commentary on Pirkei Avos, and says, that's the Yishuv to the stira between these two Mamari Chazal. Haroa Esanolad means I understand the past, and based on that, I can interpret. The, I can have an insight into the future, based on the Chassam Sofer that he says that it's the past going to the future. That's what Halo made me call Adam means. Also, it's not just that I learn from events in the past, but I have to learn from people in the past. Halo made me call Adam means I learn. I seek out people who are older than me, who are perhaps wiser than me, because they understand what has happened. They have experience. They have context. They have perspective, and they can help me through their knowledge of Hanolad Kivar, what's already happened, to figure out what's going to be Hanolad in the future. Halo made me call them is essentially an extension of or an expansion of the concept of Haroa es Hanolad. It's all about understanding things in the past or from people in the past and leading towards the future. In fact, what Brach basically did was turn the whole Mishnah on its head. Usually you learn the Mishnah, you think it means, of course you're going to learn it from the Chachamim, but, but you have to learn even from smaller people. He says, no, he's talking to our generation. We like to learn from our contemporaries. We like to learn from our friends. We like to Google everything. We don't always want to go up to the Rebbe. We don't always want to go up to someone who's older, our parents or our grandparents, and talk to them. So the Mishnah is telling us, Halo min nikol adam. You have to be willing to even learn from the Tamidi Chachamim. You have to even be willing to learn from people who are older and wiser than you. That's something that comes very hard in certain generations like our own. And says Rebrach, really, this is all coming from a pasuk in group of psukim, a series of psukim in Parshas Ha'azinu, where the Torah says, Sha'al ruloch. That if you want to know what happened in the past, Zuchor yamos olam, remember the past, Binu shnos dor vador, understand the past generations, you have to go, Sha'al avichov yom ruloch. You have to go and ask people who are older than you, who have more experience and more understanding, and they will teach you. In fact, just to keep everything within the chug of the Chassam Sofer, so the Maram Shik writes in Parshas Bereshis that if you look in the context of the Psukim and Hazinu, that's what it's talking about. First, Hashem is complaining that the Jewish people are an Am Novel Velochacham. What does that mean, an Am Novel Velochacham? A novel, says Rashi on the Pasuk there, refers to someone who does not remember as Ha'osuilahem, doesn't remember the past, doesn't have a sense of what God did for them in the past and what's happened in the past. And lo chacham, says Rashi, is ezu chacham haroa es Doesn't have a sense of what's going to be coming down the pike in the future. So after the Torah complains about the na- na- nature of the Jewish people, that they're not looking at the past, they're not looking into the future, then it says, you have to zuchor yomos adam, you have to look at the past. You have to understand what's happening. And who do you ask about the past? Sha'ala vichov yagedcho zekeinecho v'yom ruloch. But when we're talking about asking the avicha and the zekeinim, we're not just talking about Stam going up to a history professor to find out what happened in the past, and therefore we're going to know what's in the future. Who, are, who is this father? Who is this zakein that you're supposed to go to ask? So here again, Rashi points out in the Pasuk over there in Parshas Azinu, Shalavicha, from the Medrash, Elu ha-nevi'im, zekeinecha v'yomerulach, Elu ha-chachamim. That if you're going to find out about the past, it's not enough to just look in a history textbook. You have to have someone who can look with context, through the prism, through the lens of the Torah's hashkafa on the world, and interpret the past properly and put it in the right context, and then it will have meaning towards the future in the right direction. If you don't have that, then you're, then you're not going to see things the right way, and everything's going to come out jumbled and in the wrong direction. This idea 
that you have to ask people who are rooted in Hashkafa Satora about the context and the understanding of past events and how that's going to lead to the future is in two ways related to Hanukkah. First of all, we know the Gemara Masech Shabbos tells us that this Pasuk, Shalavich V'yagedcha, is the Yisod of the Takana of Hanukkah, of Neiros Hanukkah. The Gemara says that we make a bracha, Sher Kiddushonu, B'mitzvah Savit Sivano, Al-Lahadik Nershel Hanukkah. And the Gemara asks, how can we say V'tzivano on Neiros Hanukkah if we know that this was not a... There's nowhere in the Torah that it says you're supposed to light Neiros Hanukkah. What do you mean V'tzivano? Hashem commanded us where? And the Gemara answers, He commanded us because He said, Sha'alavich V'yagedcha, he told us to listen to the Chachamim, to listen to people who have context and understanding, and they'll tell us what to do. And they told us to light Hanukkah candles, and therefore we can say Vitzivanu. When you, when you think about it, this idea that we're supposed to light Hanukkah candles, that we're supposed to do it for eight days, is not a Dover Pashat. It's not so simple. If you and I had been living back in the time of the Chashmanim, I don't know if we would have thought of it. First of all, they had a... Uh, Ten Nisim, the Mishnah Pirkei Elvis tells us there were ten Nisim that happened in the base of Mikdash all the time, every, every day or all, all throughout the year. So what was so special about this particular Nisim? If I had been there, I would have said, okay, there's eleven Nisim, add one to the Mishnah. Must have been, someone must have left it out by accident from the Mishnah. Why was this so special that we should make a holiday? So here, if you look in the Drashos Maharanach, one of the classic early Achronim, he writes that really... They wouldn't have made a holiday for the for, for the, na- the the nace of the candles in the base of Mikdash. There's nothing special about that. There were ten nisim that happened all the time in the base of Mikdash. Rather, really, the holiday was established because of the victory, because of the uh, ascendancy of the Jews over the Greeks, and therefore they established the holiday. But when they saw the nace of the candles, they were able to perceive that this wasn't stam a nace, but that this was God putting His stamp on the miracle, on the salvation from the, from the Yavanim, and therefore they established the holiday not just for one day to celebrate the victory, but for eight days in order to incorporate this stamp of a god, this stamp that Hashem put on the miracle with the nace of the Hanukkah candles. That takes a tremendous amount of understanding, of perception, to realize the significance of these different events, and that this holiday of Hanukkah was not just um, something to celebrate one time, but that this was really a holiday for the ages, for all the generations. I once heard from Rabbi Sabolovsky, one of the other uh, Rosh Yeshiva here, who said that that's why we, in, the, in the Piyut Ma'osor we say um, that it was B'nai Bina Yemei Shemona Kavushir that in order to establish this holiday for eight days, or B'chlal to establish this holiday, and to understand that this was something for all ages, you had to be B'nai Bina. You had to be people of tremendous understanding. You had to have people who are Sha'ala Vicha, V'yagedcha Zekeinecha V'yomruloch. You can't just stam, go to a history professor would sit there and, and it wouldn't notice it, wouldn't think it was significant. Someone who has Hashkafah Satora is able to perceive what's important and what's not and to realize the significance of this holiday. In fact, maybe that's why, just to add on to that, Maybe that's why we say Mo'osur, we, we, we do all these paragraphs about the whole history of the Jewish people in Mitzrayim and in Bavel and in Purim. Why do we have to sing about all that? Why don't we just sing the paragraph Yavonim Nikbetsu Alai? The answer is, it's, it didn't happen in a vacuum. Hanukkah didn't just come in a vacuum. You had to understand the whole flow of Jewish history. You had to have an appreciation for the whole context in which the Hanukkah miracle occurred to really understand the significance of this holiday. That's one way in which this postic, this idea of Sha'alavich V'yagedcha um, relates to Hanukkah. It's the Yisod of Hanukkah. That's how they establish the holiday. But it's also one of the main messages of Hanukkah. The Gemara in Masechus Temura on Daf Tesvav tells us that from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu until the, the, until the days of one of the Zugos that appear in the beginning of Pirkei Avos, Yosef ben Yoezer, 
They all learned Torah the same. They all learned on the same Madrega as Moshe Rabbeinu. It was only at the end of the lifetime of Yosef ben Yoazer that the Gemara says, Botsir Leva. There was a diminishment of the heart, that they weren't able to learn on the same level anymore. And in fact, based on this Gemara, there's a, a very uh, uh, brilliant comment by Rav Moshe Leib Shachor in a, a Sefer on Chumash called Avnei Shoham, where he says, that's shot in the famous Gemara about Moshe Rabbeinu going to visit the Shia of Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara tells us in Menachos that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to see this famous Rabbi Akiva, and Hashem put him in a time machine, and he went to Rabbi Akiva's Shia, and the Gemara says he sat eight rows back, in the eighth row in the back of the Shia room, and he didn't understand what was going on. Until finally, one of the and he began to have Chalisha Sadas, he began to feel terrible. What happened to the Torah? And then finally, one of the Talmidim asked Rabbi Akiva, how do you know this? And Rabbi Akiva said, oh, it's halacha l'moshe mi'sinai. And, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, oh, okay, now everything's okay. What's Peshat in that Gemara? How come Moshe Rabbeinu didn't understand what Rabbi Akiva was talking about? The Torah changed so much? And why, what's, why eight rows? Why not seven rows? Why not nine rows? Why eight rows? So Rabbi Moshe Leib Shachar says, if you do the math, the, the, the first generation when the Torah began to change, where they weren't learning like Moshe Rabbeinu anymore, was Yosef ben Yoezer. And you do the math, in Pirkei Avos, Yosef ben Yoezer, Yosef ben Yochanan, Ish Tzreda. Yosef ben Yoezer, Ish Tzreda, Yosef ben Yochanan, Ish Shulayim. That was the first generation. Yeshua ben Prachav, Yenite Harabeli, the second generation. Yishimon ben Shatach, Yehuda ben Tavai, the third generation. Shemaya ben Avtalium, the fourth generation. Hillel and Shammai, the fifth generation. The sixth generation was Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai. The seventh generation was Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer. Who was their Talmud? Rabbi Akiva, the eighth generation. Moshe Rabbeinu went back eight doros, eight dargos of Torah down, a diminishment of the heart to the days of Rabbi Akiva. And he didn't know what was going on, because in his day they learned Torah in a, in a totally different way. In the days of Rabbi Akiva they had to work much harder. They had to use the Yud Gimel Midr Shatar and and they had to darshan the Tagin and the Tilim Tilim Shal Halachos from every little Kutsu Shal Yud. They had to work so much harder to get at it. And he didn't know what was going on. He didn't learn Torah like that. When he said Halacha Moshe Misinai, then Moshe Rabbeinu realized it's the same Torah. It's just that they had to work harder. They had to work at a, at a different Derech Halimud to get to the same result. But they just had to work so much harder. So based on this Gemara, that Rabbi Yosef, Yosef ben Yuezer, in his generation, that's when things started going down, we can understand why it was so important to remain to, to this concept of Shalavich of Yaget HaZekeinech of Yom If you look in Pirkei Avos, what does Yosef ben Yuezer say is the most important things to remember to do? Your house should be a place where Chachamim can gather. You should, you should get down in the dirt at the feet of the Chachamim and to learn. And you have to drink their words thirstily. You have to take in as much of a connection to the Chachamim as you possibly can. He saw already in his generation that the Torah was beginning to be diminished. And at that point, he realized the most important thing is to keep linking yourself back up to the, the, the previous generation, to seek out the Chachamim, and to sit at their feet, and to drink their words thirstily, to get whatever you can from the Masorah, and to hold on to it as tight as you possibly can. What was the generation of Yosef ben Yoezer? What happened in that generation? This is just in the history books. This you can go for his, the history professor for. He lived in the generation right before the story of Hanukkah. He lived when, at the height of, of assimilation, of Hellenization in Eretz Israel, right before the story of Hanukkah. He himself, in fact, was killed by the Greeks during one of their persecutions. The Torah was beginning to be diminished at that time, and the Chachamim of, the Chachamim of, the, of those generations saw how important it was to link ourselves up to the Chachamim Shebuchol Dor Vador. It's so important, as the further we get away, the, the more we have to be attached to the Chachamim. Shalavich v'yagedcha and I just want to finish off by saying that you are 
this year is uh, blessed with having a Rebbe who is halomen mikol adam and aroa es hanolod in all senses. He is a humble person who literally learns from everybody and is always searching out chachma for l'shem shemaim, for the sake of chachma, not for personal aggrandizement. And furthermore, he is someone who has personal, a sense of context, a broad perspective, and a hashkafa satora to be able to, not just in learning Torah, but in life, to perceive and have insight into what's going to be coming down in the future. And he's a tremendous person to connect yourself with. And I just want to say that I personally have gained from him so much, and as, as a student and as a to some extent as a colleague, and I, I, I hope you realize how lucky you are to have this time you have in yeshiva with Rabbi Simon. You should take advantage of it. And even after you leave yeshiva, you should always seek out to continue a connection with Rabbi Simon, but in wherever you end up, end up after you leave yeshiva, to always seek out chachamim, people who you respect for their perspective and their ability to understand and to put things in the proper context and to have hashkafas Torah and to learn from them and to grow from them. I'm <laughs>